0: Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where you can say what you want, as long as you got them facts. Today, of course, is going to be a work on the Street segment. I got some news to go over. I'm also going to go over some uh, NFL action. There was a doubleheader with some Monday Night Football last night. I'll be going over those two games, as well as three key points that I picked up from week one, Uh, wrapping up week one uh, with three key points. Uh, from the week and also uh, i got some uh some news from the nfl as well but let's get right into it with the world on the street the real big time news and of course i'll be starting off everything everything with a uh, just a recap of all the basically the hurricane dorian aftermath uh now uh just some uh facts and figures here about 45 people have been confirmed dead uh, most of them in the bahamas uh, 70 70 000 of them have been left homeless Again, much of the much of the devastation uh, was in the islands of the Bahamas. Uh, they got two straight days of Category Category Five storms, uh, and the only well yeah, the only, uh, the only airport, uh, in the Bahamas in the city of Freeport was pretty much completely destroyed, uh, destroyed, excuse me, as well as the majority of the town and a lot of many of the, t- a lot of the other towns, uh, surround on the surrounding islands. I believe it was a Island. as one of them. Uh, and also Grand Bahama. That was the main Island here with the capital city, Freeport. So a lot of destruction, uh, a lot of devastation, and there's still currently no electricity or and water. Uh, Uh, This is a cold quote here. This is coming from a resident of the area. His name was Washington Smith. He went on to say Grand Bahama right now is dead. So that pretty much tells you uh, what the area is looking like, how people are feeling at the moment. Uh, It's not really uh, a great move going on. Uh, And then he will also go on to say one of the more hurtful parts about all this is I haven't seen a government official yet come to say, here's a bottle of water. Or to see what's going on so again uh, not a lot of attention has been sent just yet it has been slow to arrive my question is what has what has that government and what are those been, what are those officials been doing with all that uh, that tourism money? Uh, that 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 island and those areas have been tourist hotbeds for decades, and you know, I mean, what do you have to show for it? I mean, who's been reaping the benefits here? So, I mean, again, that's, that that kind of sucks. I mean, you kind of see where they haven't put you know a whole lot into their infrastructure. Who do you blame for that? Uh, but again. Uh, There's been a lot of devastation. Again, the main airport to the Bahamas has been destroyed. A lot of major cities there as well. Uh, In the town of High Rock, 14 people still remain uh, missing in a a population of 300. So that's a significant number of people. Uh, Still a lot of still hundreds of people that have been uh, left to be accounted for. They're still, you know, as you would say, missing. So again, uh, dire straits right now in the Bahamas. Uh, The damages have reached seven and the cold part now is Trump is denying access to people that don't have U.S. visas. So there you go. Uh, some people to go back home, but you have no home. Your home is dead, uh, according to one of these people here. So it's a it's a very hectic scene. That's kind of trashy what Trump is doing right now. Um, and again, I got a question, you know, what have what has that government been doing with their infrastructure again uh they get tons of money uh through tourism and stuff like that so i'm i'm imagining you have to have something to go into that uh disaster fund or anything like that i mean do you guys not get i mean they must not have uh, hurricanes run through there it must not be a very you know pertinent problem because they seem to be very unprepared um, for the situation and that seems to be uh, the coldest thing about it all we're moving on, uh, there is, uh, there it was able to reach the southeast United States, uh, but by the time Hurricane Dorian did, it will reduce to a category three and eventually to the category two, uh, when it reached Florida and also the Carolinas. Uh, the storm will bring slight flooding to the coastal areas and also spawn tornadoes in northern, uh, South, I'm sorry, in North Carolina as well, but again, not so much, uh, not, you know, not as much extensive damage, of course, not the seven billion dollars you know that the the Bahamas have so again they're all right. There are some damages. There were some deaths confirmed there too, but just not on the not on the scale of what happened in the Bahamas. And again, I, I believe part of that is because I do know, uh, regardless. Well, for one, the strength of the, the of the storm itself did die down. Uh, usually, uh, we see tons of destruction happen on this side as well. We've seen that with, with uh, many hurricanes, such as Floyd, Andrew back in the '90s. Uh, y'all said Hurricane Katrina that hit in 2005 or 2006 uh, as well those were strong prominent storms that hit the United States uh, this time around for one uh, you know it was a category two by the time it reached uh, the United States so it really wasn't that damaging uh, but again there was the flooding and all that and also these areas are a lot more uh, prepared for these situations as well uh, so you, you saw that uh, and immediately these areas jumped right into action uh, rescuing people saving people or starting up again and repairing like i said a lot of that is still yet to take place in the bahamas uh they've made official statements uh but as far as any uh outside of outside intervention like i said the coast guard uh the u.s coast guard and also uh border patrol they were also able to they did some uh, rescue efforts but as far as a joint uh bahamian government uh type effort that has not happened yet uh but let's move on to my next story here uh it's gonna we're gonna take it right back to the united states and it's gonna be taking place on capitol hill uh democrats are coming through with some new uh gun laws, some new proposals at least uh the house of representatives judiciary committee which is currently uh you know majority Democratic uh, will be looking over three new gun bills in response to the shootings in Gilroy, California as well as Dayton, Ohio and El Paso, Texas. The Dems want to push, uh, well, and they pretty much already got this to an extent, but they want to push universal background checks on gun sales. They also implemented uh, Red Bull. They also want to implement red flag uh, legislation which would allow courts and law enforcements to remove guns with, uh, from people who are deemed a to communities i'm not all exactly feeling that one because again it, it'll be you know up it'll be pretty much arbitrary if you're asking the you know certain courts or certain law enforcement uh, you know agencies to, to be involved in that i just feel that being a little bit arbitrary and it'll be you know certain people in a situation that are, certain people that have their guns taken away in that situation and i don't feel like it'll be a fair uh a fair you know, opportunity for people at that point. Uh, so I don't necessarily agree with that part, but I definitely understand the background checks. I get that. You don't want anybody that has any type of uh, violent history of violent crime or threats against other people to to be able to purchase uh, a firearm. I, c- I could understand that to an extent. Um, Now, other measures would include bans on high ammo magazines. I understand that as well, and also the purchase of weapons for any convicted, uh, for anyone convicted of a hate crime, either that being a felony or a misdemeanor. Personally, get that too because, as you can see, over the past well, the last few shootings that we've seen, they've been racially motivated. So that makes some sense as well. Uh, and a new Gallup poll revealed that almost 50% of Americans are currently worried about themselves or a family member becoming a victim of a shooting. So uh, I think people, in terms of public opinion, is starting to change about it. Uh, I think a lot of people were opposed to any type of gun laws because, again, they thought it would be taking everything away and stripping uh, things away. With the exception of this, of, of some of the red flagging uh, legislation that the Democrats have, I seem to be okay with it. Again, I'm not okay uh, with allowing the courts and the law enforcement agencies just just to be uh, able to do that. Again, I think a person has to show some type of a track record, some type of involvement with a, uh, you know, a terrorist organization first, uh, in order for y'all to feel, you know, threatened or something like that. To me, it just seems like uh, you know, the court or a you know, like I said, some police officers might just say, Hey, let me just take your guns. I'm not necessarily okay with that, uh, either. Uh but moving on, currently, uh there are some background check loopholes uh Dems hope to take away currently, such as uh internet sales and also private gun sales including gun shows so again i i agree with that uh the internet is a little bit difficult uh to maintain of course i can see that being a little bit difficult as well as private gun sales because again you can't necessarily track that unless you ban private gun sales and gun shows and i don't see that necessarily being um easy for the democrats to do or even this nece- you know necessary to understand um again but they are making it you know they are trying and they are putting some things together in order to combat this so i will give them that again they're not in the pocket of the gun organizations like the republicans are in this case so in this case i give the democrats some points here uh and also one of the main objectives though uh is to ban all assault rifles which again I kind of agree with, again, I I feel like as though they don't need to be really on the market unless people have certain licensing or certain clearance via the military or law enforcement. I don't think they need to be made available to too many people. Uh, And uh, again, I think if people are mad about these situations or mad about people wanting to, you know, take away these certain freedoms, well, you have to sit, sit there and say, well, why are people allowed? To, well, why are you not checking your kids? Why are people, uh, you know, getting access to these guns and shooting up these schools? So uh, there's questions that need to be accounted for across the board. I'm not, uh, I'm not a hundred percent with. It all of what the Democrats want to bring in but again they are coming up with something and it seems for the most part a lot of it seems to be logical uh, my final news story for news story for tonight uh, this is a news from the job market job market a uh, job openings uh, fail again for the second month in July job growth is now at 158 jobs per, per month uh, usually a hundred thousand jobs is needed uh, to keep up with the working population so we're barely keeping up with that How However, uh, job openings this year actually dropped in total from uh, 7.2 million this year. It was 7.6 million in 2017. Uh, the hiring rate, though, did increase uh, 6%, and now um, and so again, there's some conflicting numbers here. Job growth. I mean, well, job new job openings are down, uh, but the jobs that you know are being asked to be filled. Are being filled for the most part, so it's a little bit conflicting. Uh, but again, so it's a little bit hard to interpret. So again, here, job openings are down, so there's not a whole lot of jobs are being created. But again, when they're being put out there, people are usually filling them up. So it's a it's hit and miss here. Uh, and also, the unemployment rate is still at a relatively low, actually a really low, 3.7%. So again, things in that department are well. Again, the jobs just don't pay nothing, and the cost of living, especially in this state, is, you know, too much. So, again, yeah, the jobs are there, but they're not paying anything, so they're not really that worth having, just to be honest with you. Just saying. I want to take a quick break, y'all. When I come back, like I said, I'll be getting into the NFL. We have some Monday night football to go over, and some news, and some some takeaways from week one as well to go over. So, I'll be right back, y'all. Alright, y'all, I am back. So last night there was a double header for Monday Night Football. I'll be breaking down both of those games real quick. Let's get right into it uh, with the first one. The Saints getting it done against the Texans 30 uh, to 28. This one was a nail biter, I know, for the Saints. Uh, they go to 1-0 to start the e- start the year. The Texans dropped to 0-1. Uh, let's get uh, let's break down the stats here, starting with the Texans. Now, on offense, they were led by quarterback Deshaun Watson. He went 20 of 30 for 260. 68 yards three touchdowns. He threw for an interception however, but he did have a rushing touchdown. Uh, on the ground, Carlos Hyde led, led the way with 83 rushing yards. Wide receiver uh, DeAndre uh, Hopkins led this core here with eight catchers, 111 yards. He also had two touchdowns. Will Fuller also had 69 receiving yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver Kenny Stills had a receiving touchdown as well. On defense, the Texans were led by defensive back Bradley Roby. He had nine total tackles, safety Justin Reed, AKA Eric Reed's brother had nine total tackles, and linebacker Whitney Merciless had five total tackles, a sack, and an interception. Now, uh, moving on to the Saints, of course, they were led by Drew Brees offensively. He went 32 of 45, For 370 yards, he threw for two touchdowns. He also threw a a pick as well. Uh, Running back Alvin Kamara led the way on the ground. He had 97 rushing yards. He also had seven catches for 72 yards. Latavius Murray was able to get a touchdown on the ground, however. Uh, In the air, uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas, he led the way with 10 catches, 123 yards. Ted Ginn, Jr., he also had uh, seven catches and 101 yards. And also wide receivers Traquan Smith and also quarterback Taysom Hill. Caught receiving, t- caught touchdowns as well. And on defense, the Saints were led by safety Von Bell, who had seven seven total tackles. Uh, and linebacker Alex uh, Anzalone had five total tackles and a sack. Defensive end Cameron Jordan had five total tackles and a sack, and also defensive end Trey Hendrickson had three total tackles. Uh, sorry, yeah, three total tackles and two sacks. The Saints as a team for six sa- uh six total sacks, and uh, the gang was one on a last. Uh, field goal by kicker Will Lutz. That's how you do it. Uh, there were a couple questionable calls that went in the Texans' favor. Of course, the Saints were happy about that, but in the end, they were able to get the win. So I'm I'm pretty sure New Orleans is happy. There you go. That's how they start off the year. And let's move on to the final game of the night. The final game to cap off Week One. My boys, my Raiders, got it done. Against the old rival, of course, the Broncos 24 to 16 is the final score there. Uh, of course, the Raiders are now 1 and 0 to start the year in a gauntlet that is going to be, and the Broncos, of course, start off 0 and 1. Let's break this one down. Of course, for the Broncos, they were led offensively by quarterback Joe Flacco. He went 21 31. He had 268 passing yards. He also threw for a touchdown as well. Running backs Philip uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman uh, combined uh, to get 99 yards on the ground. Courtland Sutton had a pretty damn good game, uh, getting some catches for 120 yards and uh, 120 yards. And uh, the OG Emmanuel Sanders caught five catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. Moving on for them on defense, they were led by defensive back Isaac Yadam. He had eight total tackles. And also, linebacker Joey Jewell at 15 total tackles as uh, well. 14 total tackles. Uh, moving on for the Raiders, of course, they had a really good game from Derek Carr, who went 22 of 26 for 259 yards. He threw for a touchdown as well. Running back Josh Jacobs had a really great uh, rookie debut. Going for 85 yards on the ground. He also had two touchdowns. He also had 28 receiving yards on top of that. Ride receiver Terrell Williams led the way in the the receiving department, getting six catches for 105 yards and also a touchdown. And tight end Darren Waller uh, came out of nowhere, uh, really making his spot on the team. I like it. Uh, He had seven catches last night, seven crucial catches last night, and 70 yards. Made some really good plays and kept us in drives. uh, And I really like that. I really enjoy our performance performance last night, but let's get into the defense on, uh, on of course, They were led by safety. Lamarcus Joyner he had six total tackles. Linebacker Tahir Whitehead had six total tackles. Linebacker Vontez Berfick made his presence felt uh, you know, another free agent acquisition that was questionable but he did his thing. Six total tackles uh, to top off the night and defensive end Benson uh, Maiova had a really good night as well getting three total tackles and two sacks. So a good game from the Raiders there's gonna be a very tough schedule for them. A lot of us, a lot of people, a lot of you know, uh, analysts have us ranked down this year, maybe get going four or five wins. Uh, last night, I saw things uh, that made me very positive, uh, and again, I was a little bit iffy on them. Uh, even in my preview, but I could see this team getting uh, eight and eight, uh, maybe even pushing for nine wins. It's not crazy. I know people might scoff at that. Some people might scoff at that, but I saw some really good things last night, and I'll get to them in a little bit, just a little bit later, Uh, but let's move on to the big news uh, going in. Finishing off this week and going into week two, Nick Foles, quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was placed on IR and actually underwent an MRI today to fix a broken left collarbone. Uh, he injured it in, fir- uh, in the first quarter in Sunday's loss uh, in- to the Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, he did throw a 35-yard touchdown before going down. He also went five of eight overall for 75 uh, passing yards. Uh, the backup, Cardinal Minshew, uh, stepped in to replace place a few falls, and he went 22 of 25 so not too bad he did though for 275 yards and a touchdown uh the Jags also recently traded a fifth round draft pick to bring in quarterback Josh Dobbs uh from the Steelers to back up Minshew and uh there's no uh there's no I I i don't think there's been a guarantee uh that nick Foles will miss the entire season but he's definitely on ir and usually when somebody's been placed on ir usually uh they don't end up coming back so we'll see uh if he does come back it'll be much much later in the season um uh, as for Gardner Minshew, he did not do that bad. Uh, and, of course, this was against a Kansas City Chiefs defense, so that says something about them uh, going into the rest of this year. Uh, so, again, he didn't do that bad. He made a good account for themselves. Uh, the Jaguars, of course, did not get the win. We talked about that. Uh, but, again, you know, he didn't do too bad, and they do have a shot. I mean, he he looked positive. The, the, I mean, going 22-25, on uh, your first ever start, I mean, you can't really complain about that. They just did not get the win. Uh, they were not able to stop Kansas City's defense. So, again, Jack, the Jaguars' defense uh, put them in a very bad situation again. Uh, but let's move on. We have another injury to report on. Uh, this one happened last night uh, to one of the Raiders' defensive backs, uh, Garyon Conley. Uh, he did injure his neck last night versus the Broncos. He was attempted to make a tackle, uh, but he, and he happened to be caught, uh, caught off the field as well. Uh, he was released by the hospital today uh this was a, co- a quote coming from mr or well, our head coach john gruden he was going to say i got a good word on him that he's going to be okay i don't know his status for the next game but most importantly the kid is all right so uh he won't be playing right away probably he might miss next week but he is okay and uh despite him being hard off the field again he's all right he's able to go uh, at least what it's like. And finally, we got some some news coming from the AFC East. The Patriots and the Jets uh, make a deal. New England decides to trade their 10-year, well, not Well, he's a 10-year vet in general, but not for that team specifically. But they traded 10-year veteran receiver Demarius Thomas to the Jets for a 2021 six-round draft pick. Uh, This is the first ever trade made by the two teams since 2000. Uh, And this happened in this last trade, uh, the the trade in 2000, was responsible for Bringing uh, well, at least yeah, bringing Bill Belichick to the New uh, well, actually to New England. So there you go. Uh, Thomas was signed a signed as a free agent uh, by the Patriots uh, during the off season. He was actually rehabbing an Achilles injury as well. Last season was not a bad season for him. He went on to catch 59 catches for 677 yards. He also had five touchdown catches as well. He is going to his 31st uh, well, he is 31 years old going into the season, which is again not super old. He still has some uh, some some years left on him. Maybe at least a couple, two or three. We'll see what happens with the Jets. So he's and, and again, he's still capable of playing, and he's a, another added receiver to a team that does need it for a young quarterback. Uh, let's move on. I'm gonna wrap this up for tonight. There's three takeaways that I got from week one. Uh, the Browns, they eat humble pie. For one, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. Uh, I think, you know. You know, you know what, let me just be honest about my feelings about uh, Baker Mayfield. I think as a player, he's okay. I personally don't like his attitude. He gets a little bit cocky. And I get it, I get it. You win some, you know. You're the big dog. They're giving you that respect you feel like you deserve in Cleveland. However, I did not like his uh, classlessness last season uh, to Hugh, Jackman, uh, Hugh Jackson. excuse me. I don't like that. I thought he was very uh, distasteful with that, a little bit classless with, with that. I understand you had your whatever issue you had with Hugh Jackson. Uh, but the situation had, had been over. It dissipated. You look to be in a better position uh, with your team as opposed to where he was headed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Singles, you were fine you should have just moved on i didn't like the moves you made towards him and, and, and to be honest with you it's a little bit of, a little bit of karma i feel for just not taking the game seriously on all fronts for this team he's been in a lot of commercials lately he's been on tv and social media of course running his mouth getting mad at people like colin cowherd and other sports analysts that that are that are you know not necessarily sold on this team being a you know an exotic super Bowl pick I felt the same way. I felt this team was at most maybe 9 or 10 wins, possibly losing in a wildcard game, but definitely improving at some point in the season. Um, I was not expecting a loss like this, but again, uh, the Tennessee Titans are a good team, so a loss... Was I mean, I wasn't surprised by a loss, but a blowout loss at home for the Cleveland uh, Browns. It's, uh, you know, again, it's just an example of where their mindset was at. I feel like they were pretty much overhyped going into this year. You have to be crazy to think that a team that has won barely, uh, you know, a handful of games. Barely, they haven't even won 10 games, I don't think, in the past you know three or so years, three or four years they had no they haven't even won 10 games yet in the past three or four years so to think that a team like this is just gonna just you know storm through the division and make it to the playoffs and even the super bowl i think that's asinine and i think that that was good at the team you know hopefully they learn from this and they you know they they you know they get a little bit hungrier from this, uh, but again, let's break this game down some more. You had OBJ coming in there with a three hundred and fifty-five, the three hundred fifty thousand dollars watch, which he claims he's going to be wearing again. You know, again, I don't, I don't know if the team's mindset is where it needs to be. I, hopefully, uh, this loss did something to motivate them in terms of playing. Um, I don't think, you know, again with you know Baker's personality and OBJ's personality, I don't think that they change per se that type of stuff but if they can just focus at least in terms of you know when the game starts to the when the game ends they can focus their energy into playing football in that parameter of time they they should be all right hopefully they'll learn something from this but just some of the things that I saw from week one again with, again, with OBJ and the watch and everything that I saw in the offseason from his team, it just seemed to me that like this team was not necessarily focused on winning, but was all into belief in the hype. And uh, Jarvis Landry, he snapped to the, uh, the in the, post, uh, the post-game press conference. He's being asked simple questions about, you know, I guess, you know, his development with Baker Mayfield and so on and so forth. Uh, maybe he's mad about the, the number of passes he got in that first game who knows the type of drama that we have there uh but again the browns have some drama that they need need to work out and they need to become a little bit more mature as a football team, and it starts with the quarterback, and it actually starts with the head coach as well. Uh, Freddie Kitchens did not really do a good week. Uh, had a good, he did not do a good job of uh, preparing his team for Week One. Uh, another uh, key point here uh, to wrap up Week One: Do not sleep on Lamar Jackson. Of course, we already know about his running abilities, uh, but last week he went seventeen of twenty for three hundred twenty-five yards, three hundred twenty-four yards, excuse me, and five touchdowns last week. On the road in Miami, of course, it's against the Dolphins. But, again, it's on the road for a second-year quarterback. He has a new threat with Marquise Brown. He's a, uh, related to Antonio Brown. There's no, That doesn't surprise me. Uh, he had 147 receiving yards uh, last weekend and also two touchdowns. So, again, uh, do not sleep on Lamar Jackson. He only put up six rushing yards in that game. So, again, he didn't even need to, need to use his legs. He's a beast. He will be uh, the, the man to be in Baltimore for the years to come. And finally, the Raiders don't need A.B. It'll be ugly. It might be an ugly season, uh, but I think we can work some things out. And We do not need him. We had 259 passing yards. Uh, from uh, Derek Hart with no interceptions. I think that that improves over the course of the season. Terrell Williams and Dan Waller definitely stepped up. You have Der- uh, Terrell Williams uh, solidifying himself as a true number one. Uh, getting the most catches last night. 160 yards, also a touchdown. Dan Waller coming up making some clean catches to extend drives. I think we have what it takes. And only one touchdown, so win it on defense, and it was given up when it really didn't matter. Uh, they kept trying uh, one of uh, our safety, Trayvon Mullen, over and over and over again. And uh, not our safety, but our cornerback on that side, uh, over and over and over again. They finally got it to go through with Emmanuel Sanders, but again, it was at a move point. Uh, we made crucial key plays on defense and offense in Week 1 can't take that away from us again i don't think it's going to be a super great looking season but i think we we turn some heads definitely again i do not think nine and seven or even a 500 finish is something crazy to look at all right y'all uh that's it for tonight uh you know, if you're looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can hit me up on my email, uh, my Gmail account, actually, at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. thats is is e-l-j-butler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that's ljbutler75 at gmail.com, e-l-j-butler75 at gmail Com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Jamar Johnny. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. Once again, that is Eljama Johnny on the Facebook and the Instagram. E L J A M A H A D J A N I. All right, y'all. Peace out. One love. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And for tonight, I'm signing out.